The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network, The Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Hey folks, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase Item of the Week. If the Twitter toddler in the White House has you completely stressed out, head on over to BubbleGenius.com and pick up their exclusive Republican voodoo doll featuring the face and body of our cartoon dictator. This item is only available for a limited time, so get yours now. Only $25 at BubbleGenius.com, with a third of the proceeds going to support the campaigns of resistance candidates across the country. Plus, if you use our promo code BOBC at checkout, you'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. A big darn deal. Broadcasting from Resistance Headquarters, relentlessly fighting back against the clown dictator and his regime of deplorables. Never give up, never surrender. This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Good evening, everybody. This is the Archie Bunker of 704 Houser Street, veteran of the big war, speaking on behalf of Guns for Everybody. Now, question. What was the first thing that the communists done when they took over Russia? Answer, gun control. And there's a lot of people in this country who want to do the same thing to us here in a kind of conspiracy, see. You take your big international bankers, uh, they want to, what do you call, uh, masticate the people of this here nation like puppets on a wing. And then when they get that done, turn this over to the communists. Now I want to talk about another thing that's on everybody's mind today, and that's your stick-ups and your skyjackets, which uh, if that was up to me, I could end the skyjackets tomorrow. You could? All you got to do is arm all your passengers. Bob Seska. Bob Seska. You really are sick. The Bob Seska Show. Bob. We got a few things to talk about today. I think there's uh, some stuff going on that uh, I guess you could describe as breaking news. I don't know. It's maybe the biggest story in the Trump-Russia scandal so far, I think. Uh, we're going to get to that in a second. Is it? Donald Trump is in major trouble. The White House is in turmoil. Happy belated birthday, Biff Tannen. Now, Biff, don't con me. <laughs> I can't stop laughing at the uh, <laughs> yep, at the uh, misadventures of this White House, and and it's it's this president. I mean, this guy is ground zero for all of his own problems. He's manufacturing every problem that he has and blaming everybody else. Yep, your party of personal responsibility, ladies and gentlemen. All right, let's bring him in. Let's bring in Cliff Schechter. Cliff Schechter is here. Uh, you know, Cliff. Yeah, Cliff, Cliff has been on this show a bunch of times. He's my good friend, and you probably heard him on the Sam Cedar show, uh, Majority Report with Sam Cedar, that, that podcast. And Cliff, are you here? Are you with us? I am most certainly there here. I Thank am. you for having me here. I, I panicked for a second. I thought we lost you. But nevertheless, and, and so you're, I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about this. I can, I can cut this out of the show if you don't want to. Talk. You're starting your own podcast, aren't you? Yes, yeah, um, starting the own, my own podcast. Well, I'm going to be doing one with John Aravosis. So it's oh, from America Blog. Yeah, we're you know we're on the same page, um, which means we're both uh, 
incredibly annoyed by most things Republican Party, all things Trump, and just about everything Jill Steinian. And so uh, we come from a similar place, which is we need some sanity. And so we're gonna we're gonna do our best to provide it. When is it going to launch? Considering we always seem later than we want to, um, <laughs> yeah, it's never. I, I intended to start at June first, getting advice from fine folks like yourself on the best way to run one of these things. But uh, we've got some stuff coming up with my kids, and I cannot uh, not go on vacation to do a podcast. Oh, my I kids know, will kill me, and right, rightfully so. <laughs> so we're looking at probably uh, something more around July first. July first, that sounds perfect. All right, yeah. well, good. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. It's going to maybe be, the I, first one should be the fourth of July, Bob. Actually, yeah, and you got to come on this show again to. Prom- Promote it as soon as you launch, so make sure you mark your calendar, and we'll get you on again uh, to to announce the big. Uh, you don't know the name of the podcast is going to be the Cliff and John Show or something like that, or there's well, just going to be. I, I did a little bit of a, of a, and people were kind enough to give some funds in a GoFundMe, and, and the name I came up with then I still feel like is the best name for it, which is which is unprecedented. <laughs> <laughs> perfect because it's that the goal of what perfect. we want to accomplish and uh, it, it, it reminds people that Donald Trump's a moron who can't spell so, you know. I love it god damn it god, he's going to hate it Donald Trump yeah. is going to hate it hate it hate it all right, uh, God damn it! Where do we begin? God damn it! Right, exactly. It's uh, the Trump crisis day one forty seven, and uh, he's been tweeting today. We've got to get to Donald Trump's tweets. He seems a bit freaked out. Yeah, yeah, he's freaked out, and he's also confirming stories accidentally again. Uh, He likes to do that. I just hope we never run into a really (laughs) clever fascist in this country. This one has made it so easy for us. I know. I mean, I I don't mean, obviously the policies have been terrible and Gorsuch is terrible and all the rest. But I mean, you know, what what we're talking about here, which is the investigation now focusing on Donald Trump, Mm -hmm. is because of what we, none of us need to be lawyers to know when you go on Lester Holt's show and you say, (laughs) yeah, forget what I said before and what my other guys said and the deputy attorney general said. I fired him because this whole Russia thing. I mean, it's a hoax. <laughs> exactly. Stupid, stupid Magoo. <laughs> Donald Trump's a moron. Oh, Magoo, you done it again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, by the way, I wanted to mention uh, with regard to Tuesday's show, just a, a recap of uh, something we did on Tuesday's show. The Alex Jones bit, uh, apparently, that we did on Tuesday's show was uh, a success. I-, I would say it was a success. It was We did a, a, a bit where I, I cut in my own voice doing the Alex Jones voice into the Megyn Kelly interview. And so many people, I've been hearing from people all over Twitter. I've been getting emails. I've been getting DMs on Facebook. People were totally fooled thinking that that, that was really Alex Jones's voice. And it was, but it was me and I'm wondering what tipped people off that it was actually not really Alex Jones. Was it was it when Jones said that he has a tiny withered penis? Or was it when Jones admitted that he was addicted to crystal meth and can't stop tweaking small devices? What part of that bit finally tipped well, you off that it was fake? I don't know. Fake? I think he could have actually said any of those things. That's the problem. Maybe. Guys who look like him always have tiny little d- <laughs> and, and the meth thing, I think, I don't think that's a real jump. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, certainly not. Uh, it's either meth or cocaine. That's I'm just right. I have no confirmation whether Alex Jones is on any drugs, but I just know it to be true. <laughs> no, I just know no it reason. to be true. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was funny that so many people thought it was real. 
uh, despite the fact that Alex Jones in this interview clip, this fake, obviously fake interview clip, he's talking about the shadow people and taking apart his VCR. I think, <laughs> I think maybe that's an indication that it's not real. But nevertheless, no, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't listen to him because I, I don't have that kind of patience. But. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that his show sounds a lot like that, Bob. That's the thing. You're good at impressions, and frankly, he's a lunatic. So I mean, yeah, I, you. I don't. I don't think there's any. I, I like the v, the VCR may have given it away because people. Are like, what What's that? <laughs> what's have, a VCR? Who aren't as old as you and I? Remember the dark, dark days, right. of, of movies you had to rewind. Well, I mean, since you haven't listened to the show, let me describe uh, the Alex Jones show to you, Cliff. It is uh, cortisol with a voice. It is he is a talking <laughs> deep vein thrombosis is what Donald Trump is. <laughs> I mean, not Donald Trump, Alex Jones. I'm, yeah. I'm mixing up these guys, and of course, they're probably pretty much the same. Um, well, I saw him. I mean, I have seen him interviewed here and there. There was a time, and, and obviously, we're now looking at this again with Megyn Kelly having him on and all the crap that, that NBC is rightfully taking for that. I watched that you know ignoramus uh, once on Piers Morgan, yeah. who's a you know, a jack wagon himself, except for the fact that he was actually jack good on wagon. guns for a bit. Yeah. And and so I did see Alex Jones lose his mind and start screaming stuff about 1776. In fact, mm -hmm. I think uh, you may have even helped make that into a video, as I remember. So yes, I, I have seen his lunacy, mm -hmm. but I haven't seen the actual in, in the confines of his show. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to know that all of our listeners, though, have a very uh, sick mind when it comes to, <laughs> to Alex Jones. I was believing that he's doing all these things and he's got a, 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 a tiny 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 withered penis but uh, yeah of course all of our listeners are so sick you people are sick yes they are sick um all right let's get into some serious news here and i'm glad i've got you on the show today cliff because you're an expert on gun control and there was the shooting yesterday morning in fact there were two shootings yesterday two mass shootings one in san francisco uh one in washington dc obviously the one in in, in washington slash alexandria was uh was a bigger deal because of the fact that it was members it was a member of congress there were members of congress both sides uh house and senate uh represented uh, republicans at this baseball field i'm not sure i'm unclear as to whether or not it was a baseball practice or a softball practice i don't I know the details was, of that i believe it was softball i'm surprised those masculine republicans allow themselves to be caught playing something so <laughs> right <laughs> something so so not over the top and jingoistic as, yeah. as softball but apparently they're practicing because there's a game where the Democrats play the Republicans. And so the Republicans were practicing. Um, your Steve Scalise, who is still, from what I hear, in critical condition, yeah. uh, a leader of the Republicans in the House, who I can separate the fact that I think he's an unbelievably terrible person. <laughs> um, he, I mean, the guy referred to himself as David Duke without the baggage. So yeah. Just, you know, but, but and sponsored all sorts of crazy gun bills. But I don't believe anybody, you know, I'm anti-violence. Um, uh, so obviously I, I, I feel terrible that he was shot, mm -hmm. but I will say this, and I don't care if this is controver controversial, I feel sorry, more sorry for the other 90 plus people shot that day around the country because of policies that he has helped pass. Exactly. exactly. He's the last one on my list, frankly. Uh, he's the last one I will go to and say, yes, I feel sympathy because no human being should be shot. But, um, you know, he, the, for the, for one of the first times ever, one of these guys, um, ended up becoming a victim of their own policies because what what happened at that at that softball field is what the rest of us all live with every day now because of what these guys have done. By the way, just speaking of Steve Scalise, I just wanted to mention this because I just found it on my Twitter feed here. This is something that Steve Scalise tweeted 
Uh, let me see. When was the what's the date stamp on this? March 10th, 2015. We fought President Obama and his liberal lieutenants ammo ban and they backed down. We will always defend our hashtag 2A rights, our Second Amendment Same. rights. Yep. That's one of many uh, tweets by uh, Steve Scalise on this topic. And I wonder what uh, is uh, or I wonder if his views on gun safety, on gun control, will change after all of this. I wonder if many Republicans will change. And I seriously, seriously doubt it. And maybe you I'm know, just being I mean, cynical, but I don't the, think the so. The interesting question is him. Can personal trauma, you know, of having to, to have your life at risk, and again, I will say I obviously hope very much that he recovers. Yeah. Um, and assuming he does, w- will that change him? And that's the, that's the real question, because the question's already been answered by all the other uh, folks who were there, it doesn't hasn't seemed to change one of them. Representative Mo Brooks came out and said, "Oh, if only we'd had guns." You know, the usual yeah. macho Republican thing that we're overweight, balding white guys who had no training whatsoever. Uh, you know, and that, yeah. that's the actual Secret Service agents in Capitol Hill, uh, you know, uh, police who were the ones who stopped this guy have had think that they magically uh, can turn into Deadpool. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and, right, you know, right. And, um, and, and so we heard that. You know, Rand Paul was there who literally in, it almost encouraged people via Twitter a year ago to shoot people in government. And apparently yeah. somebody listened. Here. Actually, you know what? There, there's a correction on that. I got a I got an email this morning from Rand Paul's office, and they're insisting that Rand Paul didn't actually say that, that he was quoting Judge Andrew Napolitano at, at some speech. Like, basically, the story goes like this. And, and, the, and the tweet let me see if I can find the tweet here. He the was t- aiming it at Napolitano. That is true, I remember. So maybe that's true. Yeah, yeah. The, which yeah. I will apologize, and I don't want to get it wrong. So. Well, no, I mean, I, I didn't know. And it looked very obviously as if it was spoken by Rand Paul. It wasn't clarified that it was Judge Lapon- Napolitano who was saying it. But the, the quote is, why do we have a Second Amendment? It's not to shoot deer. It's to shoot at the government when it becomes tyrannical. So while that may not have been Rand Paul... It was Fox News Channel's Judge Andrew Napolitano who said that thing, and Rand Paul tweeted that out. I don't think he tweeted it out to say, look how wrong this is. (laughs) I don't think he was saying, because there was no indication that Rand Paul disagreed. And of course, when Sergio Gore from uh, Rand Paul's office wrote to me and said, you got to change the attribution in your Salon article to reflect that it was Napolitano, not Rand Paul, which I did. I changed my my article in Salon to, to reflect that. But I asked Sergio, I said, look, does the senator agree with Judge Napolitano's assessment that the Second Amendment is about uh, shooting at the government when it becomes tyrannical. I haven't heard back from him yet. Yeah. I haven't I'm heard back. I'm pretty sure I remember Rand Paul making similar statements. I'm positive his dad did, and granted, I can't blame him if it was just his dad who said it, but Rand Paul, as somebody who has followed this issue, has worked on this issue, has been terrible on it. It's like all his other sort of libertarianism for Confederate white guy issues. (laughs) (laughs) You're a woman? Sorry, no abortion. Uh, You're gay? Sorry, you can't get married. See, the libertarianism doesn't extend to them. But if it's something that a Confederate white guy might be interested in, like let's say buying a machine gun, oh, the libertarianism's out in full force. Oh, yeah, and this is a standard off-the-shelf thing. Spend long enough time on Twitter, and you'll get dozens of gun nuts on your Twitter feed telling you that uh, like people like Dan Badandi and Alex Jones. I mean, they honestly believe that the second amendment is about preventing government tyranny as if you with your sawed off shotgun are going to stop you know uh, two dozen federal agents from arresting you right. if they come to your house as can if i make that's a simple point happen. there 
Yeah. I feel like is important. <laughs> okay. I mean, people probably heard this before, but you know, it should be injected into the, into the discussion. First of all, you're exactly right. Anybody here use GPS to drive besides everybody? <laughs> yeah. The government can <laughs> the government can far more accurately pinpoint where you are right now and put a smart bomb in your butt. If they want to, exactly, okay? yeah, yeah, it's Glenn Greenwald's worst nightmare, and they could do it if they want, and you will die, uh-huh. and your little your your little pop gun isn't going to fight back. So first of all, no, even no, no, if no. it did, if the Second Amendment was about that, yeah, you'd still lose. But <laughs> second of all, Second Amendment was not about that; it had nothing to do with that. In fact, this was the, this interpretation was invented by the Federalist Society, right wing judges and others, um, uh, and and the NRA, of course, pushed it too. After they the right wingers in 1977 took over. Mm-hmm. They said this was ahistorical and never existed in the past. It was considered uh, a group right for a militia like we st- they still have today in Switzerland because there's no standing army and we had no standing army back then to protect the republic from attacks without and within. And yes, some of those were not nice things like let's say Native Americans attacking them. I'm not saying it was perfect and it's you know or putting down slave rebellions. I'm not saying again, not saying it was perfect in what it existed for, but it was but. But the government twice went to armories and got guns to put down both a Shays Rebellion, you may remember from history, yes, and the Whiskey Rebellion. Yep. That's what the Second Amendment was about. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was about actually protecting the gov- the, the, the state. So yeah. the, the, there are, the second part of that is that it also only referred to what the federal government could or couldn't do. Which they've also changed with with their the, the Supreme Court under Scalia with their decisions. So the Second Amendment had nothing to do with, let's say, the state of New York or Ohio or California saying we want to ban all guns. They actually could do that. It's the federal government that couldn't come in and impose that. A state could impose that. Yeah. But they've changed all of that, and you'll see most historians, of course, agree on this. It's like climate change, or it's like whether the stork delivered your baby or not. These are actual facts. Yeah. And, yeah. And uh, and you know. Uh, the last thing I'll say on that is Justice Warren Burger, known as the, the Chief Justice when Nixon was in, in office and mm-hmm. a conservative of the time, yeah. said that this was the biggest uh, the biggest fraud uh, per- perpetrated by any interest group in the history of the country was that the Second Amendment was an individual right. Yep. But, you know, th- these guys have used the, – the, I'll just say quickly because I'm talking too much here. But what you said – Oh, you can uh, never about, talk too much, Cliff. Ne- <laughs> never, ever, ever. Keep going, please. Well, thank you. Well, what you, you – it's almost perfect that that was Judge Napolitano who said that because the right, like they have on so many other issues – Took went out with their propaganda outlets, starting to be built in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Heritage Foundation in 73, Alec in 73. You know, Fox News didn't come later till about till about 80. You know, or, or no, it was 98. 90s, was it? 90s. Yeah, yeah, 98. Sorry, I was going to say 89. That was my bad. Um, and uh, in in the 80s, um, I'm trying to think of, of of some of the other various outlets. But the point is, is that. This was something that was pushed by right-wing propaganda. It was pushed oh, yeah. by the likes of your Judge Napolitanos on places like Fox News, your Rush Limbaugh's, who yeah, AM got talk his radio. start after yeah. the Fairness Doctrine mm-hmm. was eliminated in the late 80s. And that doesn't mean it's true, and it's not true. It's sort of, sort of like the intellectuals, such as they are on the right, which yeah. is not, you know, whatever you think of that term. <laughs> but the ones who pretend to be intellectuals have been bought off, mm-hmm. and the politicians adjusted to what, the the, uh, the the TV personalities and radio personalities were saying kind of like everything else. Yeah, that yeah, they do. Right, and what we've uh, what we've gotten to now, the place we've gotten to now, has everything to do with uh, absolutism when it comes to the Second Amendment, where there there are no regulations that are actually acceptable by both the gun lobby and, of course, subsequently the congressional Republicans. They don't want to pass anything now. When in fact, years ago, they were okay with things like background checks. In fact, uh, in the wake of th- of uh, shootings like Virginia Tech. 
I remember mm-hmm. Virginia's hack and 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 many other shootings subsequent to that. The NRA always went to mental health. Like, why don't we why don't we focus on mental health in this country? That'll solve the problem. And then yeah. when Barack Obama goes forward and tries to pass something like the Obama rule or tries to uh, uh, expand the, the mental health database, they they're suddenly opposed to it. Like, for example, right. with the, the Obama rule, that was repealed by the Republican Congress, including Steve Scalise, back in February and signed okay. by Donald Trump. They eliminated the Obama rule, which would have expanded the mental health database, allowing the Social Security Administration to provide to the mental health database the names of people who are uh, personally incapacitated, who can't control their own finances and uh, and so forth. Those is, are people you definitely want to have guns. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, background checks were so non-controversial, Bob, that in 1999 yeah. uh, or 2000, it may have been in the wake of of Columbine, mm-hmm. um, the Republic, the, the Senate overwhelmingly passed background checks and ended up being killed in the in the House yeah. by the Republicans, of course. Um, but but the but it was passed in the Senate, and such left wing ideologues as Sam Brownback, Mitch McConnell. Um, John McCain and others voted for it. Uh, yep. Chuck Grassley, I think Orrin Hatch. I mean, it, it just it wasn't controversial to the NRA and Rush Limbaugh and people like that. Kind of like cap and trade was a was a uh, originally a conservative plan. Kind of like right. Obamacare. Obamacare was a conservative. <laughs> right, plan. I was just gonna say. Uh, well, they, I mean, the other thing we're seeing, too, now, um, as part of the Republican strategy to make the sec- Second Amendment as absolute as possible, is uh, we've been seeing a lot of eliminationist rhetoric, and plus we've been seeing a lot of Republicans who like to symbolically shoot things in campaign ads and videos. For example, Rand Paul, going back to Rand Paul again, um, Rand Paul shot a commercial last year in which he was using an AR-15, the same right. rifle used at Sandy Hook and the same rifle potentially used at Alexander. I'm not sure exactly if they were able to confirm that it was an AR-15, but witnesses reported that uh, the shooter in Alexandria used an AR-15 and a pistol to open fire it's members of It's pretty much known as the mass shooter's weapon of choice. Exactly. It's, the, it's, it's the, so easy to handle when you're, when you're mowing down innocent people. Right. It's so the yes. most popular firearm in the United States right now. The, the, most, uh, the, the best sold firearm is the ar-15 the sandy hook goddamn weapon and Rand paul used an ar-15 to shoot the u.s tax code and and we're to believe that the republican party is not into using firearms to make political statements and then right. condemning people like this guy hodgkinson who shot at the uh at well, remember the all the guys that showed up to obama's events yeah you know with oh, signs yeah. about Trees and liberty and blood of patriots and crap like that, and of course we're carrying with them assault weapons. Yeah, so I mean, just at that march they had that ant was it the anti-Muslim march. They do so many stupid marches. I, I get oh yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. A bunch of guys were, were carrying assault weapons a couple weeks ago. I mean, you know, I mean, this is not the balance that the this is not what the what the again. And I'm not claiming the founders' vision was perfect because clearly on issues of race and others it was far from perfect. Yeah. But point being that even if you're trying to adhere to what they originally were passing in the Constitution. That what that the current interpretation is called complete political invention. Yeah. It's nothing to do with, and and again, you because you see places that still, as I brought up Switzerland, that still actually have a militia. That's what they were thinking because they didn't have a standing army, so you didn't have guns in your home for defense because mm-hmm. that was just a wimpy. Th- who who did that? You know, I mean, you yeah. went back to them and talked about the right to bear arms. Like, oh my god, I have to have a gun for this. They would laugh at you. Yeah. they were talking about fighting. You know, putting down rebellions internally and keeping foreign invaders out. That was the point. Mm-hmm. And 
um, like on so many other issues, the NRA determined at some point that that the market for hunting has been shrinking. The gun the households with gun ownership have fallen from at, at this point of about 1975, 50% of American households had guns and then we're now down to below a third, about 32, 31%. Yeah. And so what they need to do is they need to gin up crazy people to buy more guns. The problem is if you do <laughs> right. that and then they have to go through a background check and you won't allow them to get a gun, well, then that doesn't help. So you have to block background checks so crazy people can still get them. If you, for example, have a law like Virginia did, where Virginia, where this shooting just took place, yep. um, as of a couple of years ago, uh, where you can only buy one gun a month, what sane person needs to buy more than one gun a month? Oh, I if, know. if you're not gun running or you're not putting an arsenal together, you don't. Well, they got rid of that law because that was apparently too much of a burden on <laughs> law abiding. I mean, th these are all things the NRA has supported, not because they have anything to do with the Second Amendment or anything to do with people's right to own guns, which, by the way, I believe in. I yeah. just believe in a regulated right. There are people out there who call for a full ban. I'm not one of those people. I do believe people should have some rights to gun ownership, but I also yeah. believe that you can find them a model like Canada or parts of, of uh, Scandinavia or others that are kind of that the happy medium between, let's say, where we are and Japan is, where they ban guns almost completely. Well, yes, of course, because, I mean, what amendment in the Constitution is absolute? None of them. Nothing. No, no, no right. single clause in the entire U.S. Constitution is, uh, at least in terms of the Bill of Rights, is, uh, is an absolute right. I mean, we're, we're regulating free speech all the time. We're, regulation, we're regulating peaceful assembly. For example, peaceful yep. assembly. After the shooting yesterday in Alexandria, they closed down Pennsylvania Avenue in front of the White House. That's preventing peaceable assembly in front of the White House. So right. that is a, that is an exception to the the assembly clause of the First Amendment. There are uh, 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 exceptions to all of this stuff, and and and, if, and the word regulated, by the way, is right there in the Second Amendment. I mean, I know. Is, you know, you can't well deny regulated. well regulated. Exactly, exactly right. Because it, it, it's not even ambiguous. They've just chosen yeah. to, to do, you know, and again, we've all dealt with this. You know, anybody like you or myself or others who've been in this long enough know that you can go up against the right on anything as clear cut mm -hmm. as this or climate change or whether more birth control leads to fewer abortions and, yep. and, and births or in any issue that science has already determined as fact. You can go up against them, and it doesn't much matter what the real facts are. It just matters how loud the microphone is. And often the right has a much louder microphone, and that's caused us a lot of trouble. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, one other thing I wanted to mention, too, was the fact that uh, they're exploiting this amendment in order to sell more for-profit retail products. Let's make this... Perfectly clear what the entire gun movement is about, at least at the legislative and lobbyist level. This isn't about your right to stockpile uh, 130 AK-47s in your bunker. This is not a, that's not what the Second Amendment is about. That's not what the NRA is fighting for necessarily. The NRA is fighting for just as many guns to be sold as possible because they are tasked with uh, uh, defending and promoting the, the gun industry. And I underscore... It gives them the millions, word. and you can find that in plenty of reports. The Violence Policy Center has, has researched and done reports on the... Yeah. Not just millions, tens, hundreds of millions have been given by any of your gun manufacturers 
um, and and those who manufacture things like, like let's say silencers, which is shocking yeah. that they're trying to legalize those right now. Yeah. I wonder if the silencer industry has given money to the NRA, who's then given money to senators and congressmen who've decided to bring that issue up. Yeah, I'm sure you'll find no connections there. <laughs> and and again, it's it's really just about selling as many uh, guns and gun related products as as possible. And again, it's not about your rights other than your right to go to a store and to pay cash money for a firearm and right. and that's it i mean it might as well be cars or cans of soup or whatever these are retail products these are not divine items that are handed down from god to you that's not the way that's not the way any of this works now and and maybe at one point there was a more sacred uh defending of the second amendment that defense was maybe more noble at some point in the uh probably distant past but now and there are some people still who defend it in a noble way they just all ended up getting fired from conservative magazines and stuff like that who've said that they do believe based on that they read it as having you know as, as within the group right there being an individual right that mm-hmm. kind of thing yep. but most of the people that have looked at it in any kind of a, the, the people i'm talking about have looked at it in any kind of a sort of um way that's not completely ideological and nuts have said sure of course you can have background checks of course, mm-hmm. there's never been a good argument against universal background checks yep. except the, you know the argument the right uses the only argument they have is they'll use the database to spy on you and your family. Oh, I mean, the, when they, when they a- go, when conspiracy is your defense, you've got nothing left. Like you, you could have a legitimate argument over how many bullets, you know, in, in a magazine are too many. Is it five? Is it 10? Is it 25? Is it a hundred? You could, one could have that debate and come down in different places, right? I mean, different States have done it. New York passed one where they said seven Colorado did 15, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when they passed their various gun control laws, there are a lot of places that say 10. Um, so there are legitimate debates that can be had, but there really is absolutely no legitimate reason to not yeah. have background checks as we conduct background checks for people who want to, you know, drive heavy machinery or agencies that hire babysitters or any number of other things where people can cause harm. Mm-hmm. You do a background check. It's just, it's a common sense thing to do. Yeah. I wanted to mention too, before we take a break here is that, uh, this is something that the, uh, 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 mental, uh, illness, uh, national registry is something that Wayne LaPierre and the NRA have absolutely supported in recent memory. Uh, this article is dated, uh, December 21st, 2012. So this is right after Sandy hook, the headline in the Washington post, the NRA wants an active mental illness database. 38 States have that now in his Friday morning news conference, national rifle association, Chief Executive Wayne LaPierre floated the idea of a national registry of the mentally ill as one way to stem gun violence. Quote, how can we possibly even guess how many, given our nation's refusal to create an active national database of the mentally ill? I guess how many shooters, I guess he was saying. Turns out many states are ahead of them. 38 states require or authorize the use of certain mental health records for use in a firearm background check, according to the Law Center to Prevent Gun Violence, a San Francisco-based nonprofit, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, this is something they oppose now. Obviously, as, as I mentioned earlier, the Republicans uh, 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 repealed Barack Obama's rule about uh, expanding the mental health database and so forth. This is something that's no longer on the table. And uh, and so there's I mean, my conclusion to all of this is that as much as I think we need to have a reasonable discussion about this, I don't think it's going to happen as long as the Republicans continue down this road, because as time goes on, 
their position doesn't get more moderate. It actually becomes more absolutist and more conservative. So right. just like on everything else, the reasonable conversations are few and far between with them on any of the major issues yeah. these days. Why would this one be any different? And I'd like to think that Steve Scalise, like uh, James Brady and Ronald Reagan before him, will see the, the light through this tragedy and to get a clue about all of this stuff but i doubt it i have uh call me cynical i don't know what but i, I i'm very doubtful as to whether or not steve scalise is actually going to or the, the rest of the republican caucus for that matter are going to actually turn around and say hey you know what maybe we've been too radical on this maybe we need to uh right. y- you know <laughs> ease up a little bit and if talk about innocent children Mowed down at their school, couldn't do it. I, you yep. know, I, the only way to get this kind of stuff passed is to vote Republicans out of office. That's, That's absolutely absolutely right. And it d- didn't work then. I, I, I don't know if it's going to work now. Again, like they said, Sandy Hook didn't get them to change. It got, it got them to entrench further. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know what's going to happen on Saturday. Saturday is Father's Day. You're a dad, Cliff, right? Darn straight, my friend. Yep. And uh, you've got how many kids? You've got uh, a couple of boys, huh? I do. I've got two boys, uh, a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. And you, do you have anything fun, fun Anything fun planned for this weekend? We're actually going to be uh, up on, on the lake, as we call it here in my part of the world. Um, and so we're going to go out and get some ice cream, maybe see a movie. We're not sure of all of it yet, but we're going to do fun stuff. Let me ask you, ask you this, Cliff. Have you ever taught your boys how to shave? I know they've got some time before they actually have to shave for real, but have you ever done that ritual where you get your boys together or they ask you, they come into the bathroom while you're shaving and say, hey, Dad, how do, we, how do, you, sh- how do you do that? I have absolutely. That's a, it, that is a it is a ritual. I remember with my dad, the same thing, and they came in and, and they wanted to see. You know, they're fascinated by it. So absolutely. Because I mean, my dad taught me how to shave, and he taught me how to shave. Unfortunately, he taught me how to shave with those little blue plastic disposable razors, uh, manufactured by a company <laughs> that rhymes with Schmillet. I, I did that. Those razors. That was a, yeah. That was a recipe for razor burn and just really bad shaving, which I walked around with for years. Like uh, I don't know what to do about this. Along comes Harry's razors. Right? It's the little things, isn't it? What? Are, so what thoughtful little thing can we do for our dads on Father's Day this year? Something personal and practical. A nice shave set from Harry's might be the answer. It's the quality I've been telling you about all along. The balanced handle, a trio of Ray, uh, Harry's famous five-blade precision cartridges, and their foamy moisturizing shave gel, gel starting at just 15 bucks, 10 when you use my discount code. Or check out at Harry's, uh, Harry's limited edition Father's Day set with the storm gray handle, a chrome razor stand, the foaming shave gel, three replacement blades, and a travel cover in a gift box with free custom engraving and a card if you'd like a card with your Father's Day gift for your dad, and save $5 off any any set if you enter my code B-O-B-C at harrys.com. That's harrys.com, H-A-R-R-Y-S.com. And remember to enter the code B-O-B-C at checkout. It helps the show and helps you figure out Father's Day. That's harrys.com. Don't forget harrys.com and the uh, checkout code B-O-B-C. And happy Father's Day to my dad and to your dad. The Bob Seska Show. Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to the show today. Thank you for supporting the show at Patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Really, really appreciate it. 
And make sure to go and subscribe to the show at iTunes. I haven't talked about iTunes a whole lot, but it really helps the show if you go and just sign up. Uh, you can go to iTunes.com or you can just open up the app and do it that way. It's free. It doesn't require any uh, complicated measures to do. You don't have to pay for anything. Just go to iTunes and sign up for the show. And also, by the way, leave us a five-star rating and review. We really, really appreciate it. It helps us on the standings at iTunes. Okay. Steve uh, Steve King is blaming Barack Obama for the shooting yesterday. <laughs> of course, Steve, very strong, he going rogue. Steve, very strong, he going rogue. Right. Uh, Steve, <laughs> Steve King uh, just loves to lay this crap at the feet of anyone but who's actually to blame. This is the, again, party of personal responsibility. Uh, he said uh, yesterday in an interview with Simon Conway of local WHO Iowa radio, quote, I do want to put some of this at the feet of Barack Obama, said King. He contributed mightily to dividing us. He focused on our differences rather than our things that unify us. And this is some of the fruits of that labor. So, of course, Steve King going rogue. Steve, very strong. He going rogue. He going rogue. How many different ways did he sound weird in, in what he had to say there? <laughs> he always sounds weird. <laughs> the fruits of his labor? I don't know. I think he was attracted to Barack Obama secretly. <laughs> He's trying to live with that. Uh, he's had a hard time. I mean, remember when he talked about all those immigrants with their cantaloupe calves coming across the... I hate them. I mean, I love them. I hate them. Steve, very strong. He going rogue. Of course he's going rogue. He loves he's Barack Obama. And you know the bigger irony there, I mean, of course, there's nothing that is ever ironic to him mm-hmm. for, you know, for him to realize. You know, his, the woman who was running against him <laughs> dropped out because she was getting death threats. Yeah. So, you know, so the fans of, of Steve King, obviously, I assume they were fans of Steve King, certainly mm-hmm. non fans of his opponent, were calling her and threatening her. But he couldn't Jesus look at his right. own district to see what's dividing us. He needed to look to the past president. Yeah. Yeah. Who divided us by being black. Right. And I'm so glad you brought up that that his uh, his opponent dropped out or one of his opponents dropped out. Yeah. I don't know if they've had the Democratic primary there yet or what, but I know that uh, we've lost, I think, two Democratic candidates because of intimidation and threats yeah. to That's them. True. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> and so and one of them was there. I don't think they've had the primary yet. I could be wrong about that. I'm hoping obviously yeah. not. And so hopefully others will run. And, you know, it's hard not to. To to understand, I mean, I, right. I get it. You know, I mean, you don't want to ever let that work because that's you know that'll be the, their next vote suppression tactic. <laughs> yeah, you know? I mean, it, these people are shameless. They'll do whatever it takes. But I, 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 it's just it's the shame. Yeah, I know. And some of them are actually making a big deal about the fact that this guy, the shooter at Alexandria, was a uh, Bernie Sanders supporter. That's become a thing, and of course, it's completely irrelevant. This guy clearly had severe mental health problems uh because i mean you know the the basic fact and whenever this comes up whenever it comes up where there's someone who might have leftist tendencies who does something like this right i I always go back to the fact that not a lot of bernie sanders supporters who are you know uh, wanting to use their second amendment remedies for things i don't think i mean typically far left progressives said that or was it donald (laughs) trump 
I don't he know. Said, Maybe the Second Amendment people will get her about Hillary Clinton. I seem to remember that was Donald Trump. Who said yeah, that. I seem to remember that too. And you know, there are crazy Hillary supporters. There are crazy yes. Bernie supporters. Yep. There are crazy supporters of everybody. Right. Disproportionately, if you look at where political violence rests at this time in our nation's history, mm-hmm. there have been times in the past when you know in the sixties and seventies where there was a violent left. Yeah. There isn't much of a violent left at this point. It's mostly coming from the right. And again, you can't take out of it that you know what. It wouldn't matter if you supported Bernie, Hillary, you know, or whoever you supported right now. If you mm-hmm. couldn't get your hands on that firearm because it was so well regulated and you had a, the kind of background that would allow you, that not allow you to get one because you had to go through a background check and you couldn't afford to buy it then on the black market where these guns would skyrocket in yeah. price because of that. Let's say you were in England and you wanted to commit a terrorist attack. You, 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 like the most recent one, you'd have to use cars and knives because that's all you could get your hands that's on. That's right. That's right. Even uh, Donald Trump made a big deal about that. That's right. So, Inadvertently, uh, and, like an idiot. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, as usual, he sort of proves the other side's case when he opens Yeah, and he mouth. doesn't and he doesn't even realize it. And uh, you know, once again, he did something stupid on Twitter this morning. I guess we should now get into stupid Watergate, which is uh yes. <laughs> Trump Russia. Oh, I uh, love it. John stupid Oliver's Watergate's calling perfect, it isn't stupid it? Watergate. Yeah, yeah. Because it's got all of the intrigue of Watergate and all the criminality of Watergate, including obstruction of justice, but it's just being orchestrated by the stupidest people in the history of American politics. Really? It's just stupid. so dumb, it's painful. Right. John Oliver. It's like Watergate for people that can't spell. <laughs> exactly. So, um, but I, I want to kick this off by uh, uh, by way of a flashback. Remember Donald Trump during the campaign? Donald Trump raving out about, is screeching about Hillary Clinton and how if Hillary Clinton becomes president, her administration is going to be mired in scandal after scandal after scandal. The FBI, after discovering new emails. is reopening their investigation into Hillary Clinton. If Hillary Clinton were to be elected, it would create an unprecedented and protracted constitutional crisis. Hillary is likely to be under investigation for many years, probably concluding in a criminal trial. Her current scandals and controversies will continue throughout her presidency. And we will make it, honestly, look, it's going to be virtually impossible for her to govern. (laughs) (laughs) How ironic that is. What's amazing is those of us who who didn't have access to Intel knew enough to know he was describing himself. Mm -hmm. um, That we knew, you know, an old sort of saying, and this is very true as somebody who's worked on enough of these campaigns, People don't change once they're in office. No. Remember the Barack Obama you got on the campaign trail, the good and the bad, much more good than bad, I would yeah. say, is what you got in office. Um, and it's the same thing with Bill Clinton and the same thing with George W. Bush. So when you look and how they behaved in their personal lives is how they're going to behave once they're in office. Yep. And so when you saw that this guy who, who you know, his business model is criminality. His business model has been searching for, you know, dictatorial oligarchs in other countries, for mobsters in ours, for all manner of ways to finance his projects, uh, to, to not pay the people that worked for him, to not pay yeah. his shareholders and leave them hang, you know, holding the bag, to fire employees in the cruelest way. Again, I mean, this is the way he behaved in his personal life. It was pretty obvious to anybody who cared that this is the way he was going to behave. But that institution known as our media 
um, the ones that get bullied by people on the right into wanting to have balance and, you know, your Chris Salizas <laughs> of the world. You know, they sat Jesus. there. I, I, I detest him. So yeah. He's, to me, he's the worst of the worst. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Types. Who won the week? Who yeah. won the week, Who man? The this week? is a game show. <laughs> it's not politics. It doesn't affect your life. It's a game show. That's exactly right. It's a baseball game. You know, I mean, oh, it's, ball it's, game. It, it just is like, I mean, I love political strategy, too. I wouldn't do what I do for a living if I didn't. Yeah. It doesn't mean that I ever forget the real people being affected by the kinds of things that I'm advocating. Yeah. And 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 so, you know, the, the, the fact that he got away with saying this stuff about her. I mean, can you imagine you and I, people like us knew enough. But gosh, the the people, your Malcolm Nances, you yeah. know, your people like that, your 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 people in the intelligence community, I can only imagine just how much they wanted to say and couldn't say. Yeah, and it's I, yeah, just, torturous. I want to underscore again here, and I don't want to get too far off on a tangent because I want to get into this uh, bombshell news from the Washington Post uh, yesterday. But how many more times are we going to be proved right? And uh, the Republicans and all of their choices proved wrong. And I'm going all the way back to whether it's uh, uh, 17 years ago, the election of George W. Bush and all the warnings we had about his incompetence and the way he was uh, orchestrating the Iraq war and the run up to the Iraq war and the lies surrounding WMD. And then uh, all of the subsequent Hurricane Katrina, finally Hurricane Katrina rolls around and we discover, wow, this guy and the rest of the world. Wow, this guy's really incompetent. And we're like, yeah, you see, we been saying for uh, at that point it must have been uh, what six years five years yep we've been saying this for a long time and you're just now noticing thanks for catching up and it's that way with donald trump too and uh and and time and time again time and time again they're just on the wrong side of history they're on the wrong side of these issues and at some point i i wonder if they're just going to wise up and go yeah you know we're just wrong all the time i don't think they're ever going to do that but i would like it's, it's nice to some dream of them about do it. along the way <laughs> it is fun when you know and yeah and it's well, we've been seeing a lot of never Trumpers and never Trumpers yeah. on the Republican side who are uh, who are seeing, I, I think, for the first time how the Republican Party has just gone so badly astray, and well, they're starting like they to speak out. They took a step outside, it. you yeah. know. They took a step outside the bubble, and I give him a lot of credit. I follow, and and he follows me, Evan McMullen, yeah, and Evan McMullen, David Trump, David uh, Frum, David Frum. Sorry, God. yeah. Uh, uh, what I almost just did to his name was. <laughs> Um, yeah. and, and guys like that and I and so I think the, the never Trump thing was sort of the way their way of kind of opening the door yeah. the jar to leave and God. they started taking a look at their party like taking a look at the behavior mm-hmm. of somebody who's been destroying institutions since Donald Trump was still ripping people off in New oh, York yeah. which is yeah. Mitch McConnell who we always talk about about the norms and institutions and stuff that have been degraded by Donald Trump. People forget that Mitch McConnell's just been smart enough to keep his mouth shut about it. Yeah. But the filibustering and the not allowing a Supreme Court justice pick and now the, the bill being discussed in secret and the, the partisanship and all of that, Mitch McConnell's been doing that for years. He's oh, yeah. He's degrading our U.S. Senate long before Donald Trump came along. It is not a unique Donald Trump thing. He did not spring out of nowhere. Yeah. It is the culture that has taken over the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And if more would just admit that, and it's a shame because we do need a reasonable center-right party because I do believe in any sort of republic that's going to have a debate of ideas, you want there to be you know, a, a smart center-right party to debate those ideas yeah. with. But that's not the Republican Party anymore. Nope. It just I- isn't. Absolutely not. So let's get into this uh, this Washington Post story, which was also independently confirmed by the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal um, that Trump is officially 
under criminal investigation for felony obstruction of justice. The president of the United States, while in office, um, and I'm just going to I'm going to use the qualifier here, may have committed obstruction of justice on numerous occasions. And we're talking about his interactions with James Comey. We're talking about his interactions with Mike Rogers. We've been hearing about. In fact, that was the most tantalizing aspect of this story um and it came out through the wall street journal that donald trump still doesn't believe that the trump russia thing or not even trump russia he still doesn't believe that russia attacked the united states using cyber warfare and and hacking the dnc and hacking the uh, john podesta's emails and using propaganda and fake news and weaponizing that throughout social media etc 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 donald trump doesn't believe any of that happened or if he does He's he's so uh, afraid of either compromat or the fact that his election will be delegitimized because of all of that, that he's in complete denial. Uh, and it's just absolutely staggering. He says here in the Wall Street Journal. That's the terrible Tur- thing. It's like it's, it's, you know, we forget every once in a while because he's so involved in this and because he's clearly obstructed justice. I mean, again, I'm sorry. I don't have to be a lawyer that when somebody goes on TV and admits they fired somebody to stop them from doing an investigation, that that's obstruction of justice. It's yeah. pretty Nixon never was that honest with us about his actions. Um, and, uh, you know, but, but when it comes to even the other stuff with Russia, I mean, you know, th- that's almost the biggest smoking gun of all is the fact that he, he refuses to protect this country. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just know, like, if, he, I mean, imagine George W. Bush after 9-11 going, hey, you know what? I don't think there was an attack. Not at all. <laughs> right. No, no, never would right. that have ever happened. And then you make a very important point here. And then again, people just have a hard time grasping this because this is a new brave new world we're in right now. And it's not as visceral as a, a, a you know, a plane crashing into a building and, and people are you know, dying that way. But, you know, cyber warfare is still warfare. Yeah. And people can die very easily that way. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, I mean, the, the electronic grid is shut down or let's say the you know, FAA is shut down while you're on an airplane. Um, you know, all sorts of things that these guys can do, which are reasons why we need to protect our infrastructure. And, you know, we hadn't defined that yet. NATO hadn't defined it, which I wish they had, because yeah. my guess is that Russia wouldn't have done it if they had defined it as an act of war yeah. that would be responded to. I mean, the, they used a loophole, essentially, which is no one had defined it. And it's, it is a brave new world. And they've been planning this apparently for a long time from stuff that's coming out more mm-hmm. and more. And, and, you know, we were attacked. Yeah, absolutely. It harmed our democracy. No uh, doubt. No doubt whatsoever. Know? I mean, it, it infiltrated our uh, sovereignty and, uh, and completely skewed the course of history. Yep. By and changing the Stein bots out there. That doesn't mean I'm saying I want to go to war for with Russia or I'm advocating war with Russia yeah. or love war with Russia or anything other stupid thing they can come up with. It means that what I'm saying, because the truth is we hadn't defined it that way. We should have beforehand. And my guess is it never would have happened. Um, and that was on all of us that we, we, you know, or the people at least we elect who are experts that should have should have done that. We all make mistakes. We're where we are now. We need to take care of getting this tyrant out of office. Yeah. But we also need to take care of, of how we define what is warfare and what is an attack on a sovereign country. Exactly. That's what that was. And they've done it in, in France, too. And they've done it you know, in the United Kingdom and other places. And they're not going to stop unless we make it very clear how we view this. Right, right. By, by the way, during uh, a call with uh, uh, Mike Rogers from the NSA... 
The president questioned the veracity of the I'm reading from the Wall Street Journal right, right now. During the call, the president questioned the veracity of the intelligence community's judgment that Russia had interfered with the election and tried to persuade Mr. Rogers to say there was no evidence of collusion between his campaign and Russian officials. That is amazing. That is an amazing revelation. That Donald Trump still doesn't believe that this actually happened. I mean, that is he's shocking. He's innocent for a second, which he's not. But okay, let's, you know, let's imagine that he, yeah. he isn't. If he really were, wouldn't he be like, wait a minute, the guy who I picked for national security advisor <laughs> lied yeah. under penalty of perjury about three meetings? The guy I picked for attorney general lied under penalty of perjury. My son-in-law lied under penalty of perjury. Yep. Paul Manafort I mean, how many people would it take somebody with common sense that they really weren't involved in the whole thing to be like, yeah, I think there's a problem. There's, there seems to be a lot of evidence that people were meeting with Russia and trying to set up back channels and do things. Gee, why would they have done that? We got to take a, a one last break. But when we come back, Cliff, I want to ask you about uh, what uh, this new tactic that's been employed by Jeff Sessions and Dan Coats and Mike Rogers and Rod Rosenstein when when testifying before Congress and just simply refusing to answer any questions without any legal legal justification whatsoever. They're not even bothering. He's just like, eh, no, don't feel like answering your goddamn questions. So I'm not. So there. And that's what they're doing. All right, so uh, one thing that's really important is to keep, if you have any Omaha steaks, keep them far away from Donald Trump because he burns them and then smothers them in ketchup. And Omaha steaks, goddammit, the best steak I've ever, ever tried. And I'm going to get to the, my other favorite thing from Omaha steaks in just a second because I ate way too many of them. But Father's Day is coming up. What does Dad like? I think Dad loves steaks. Uh, they like to grill them. They like to eat them. And there's no better way... Uh, to get steaks and no better way to uh, to eat steaks than through Omaha Steaks. We have the perfect Father's Day gift for you. Let me tell you about Omaha Steaks and how this Father's Day for only $49.99, just $49.99, you can get my limited time Father's Day package when you go to omahasteaks.com and enter B-O-B-C in the search bar to apply the savings. That's 80% off on the Omaha Steaks Father's Day package. Here's what Here's what dad gets. Two tender and mild filet mignons, two bold and beefy top sirloins, four crispy chicken fried steaks, four juicy boneless pork chops, four all-beef Omaha steak burgers, four award-winning jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all-beef meatballs, here's my favorite, a pound of steak fries, a full pound of steak fries, and I ate all of my steak fries in one sitting. I, I, I don't even know what to say about that. Four made-from-scratch caramel apple tartlets, a packet of uh, Omaha Steak seasoning, and what the heck, four extra burgers for free. All of that for the amazing, astounding, stupendous price of $49.99. Again, that's 80% off the list prices. But the only way to get that deal is to enter my code BOBC in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. Omaha Steaks are always the highest quality. Cuts aged perfectly to give them that unique Omaha Steaks flavor. Each cut trimmed by hand and vacuum sealed. And as you heard, Omaha Steaks doesn't just do beef. They have bison, pork, veal, lamb, poultry, seafood, and vegetables too. All of it with that same Omaha Steaks quality. But for a limited time, that Father's Day package is just $49.99. Write it down, $49.99. So get it. So get right on it. Order today. You only have a few more minutes left, a couple more days left. Just enter the code BOBC in the search bar at omahasteaks.com. Bob Seska.
This is the Bob Seska Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Ah, thank you for joining us today. Cliff Schechter is here from the Majority Report podcast and his brand new podcast that he's starting up with John Airvosa from America Blog. Yep. All right, we're talking about stupid Watergate. Uh, so <laughs> what is your opinion as a, uh, as a man of the law uh, about what's going on with these guys not ref- or just completely refusing to answer any questions uh, regarding their conversations with Donald Trump? It's not executive privilege unless Donald Trump has a time machine, which he, I, I assume he doesn't have one. <laughs> but, I mean, I, how do they... How Are do they call that a- Trump point? Yes, something. I don't know what they would do to actually, because what Jeff Sessions was saying was that he's, and, and this also goes for Dan Coates and Mike Rogers and all the others who were doing this, but they were saying that we're not going to answer any questions uh, about our conversations with Donald Trump because of executive privilege that Donald Trump has not exerted, but which he might exert. But he hasn't right. exerted it yet, so why is it privileged? I don't understand this. Please explain to me, Cliff Schechter. <laughs> There is no explanation. <laughs> there is no. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I've just followed what legal scholars have said, and yeah. every single one, including former Watergate prosecutors and others, have said the same thing, which is, <clears throat> excuse me, that makes no sense. Yeah. There is no right to say, I don't feel like answering these questions. It's completely baffling. But what I really enjoyed is watching uh, Kamala Harris, who <laughs> is not, who awesome. is the first woman <laughs> Uh, who is the first woman attorney general in California, also the first Indian American, Asian American, African American, and Jamaican American. Yes, she has all that. So she's many things that that white privileged boys like uh, Mr. Sessions, who only are where they are because of uh, of what sheets they're willing to wear and march with. Um, <laughs> they, I mean, watching them just freak at having to answer, having her just own them. Yeah. And John McCain and all these guys who are all getting like, you know, bloated 80-year-old white guys who just have, have seen that their day has passed them by. And it's the people like Kamala Harris who now are going to, to be our future. Um, it was enjoyable to watch and watch them freak out over that. Yeah. By the way, we have some of John McCain's questioning of Jeff Sessions from the other day. I, I love playing this audio. One trick is to tell them stories that don't go anywhere. <laughs> Like the time I caught the ferry over to Shelbyville, I needed a new heel for my shoe. So I decided to go to Morganville. All right, enough of that. Old man, shout yeah. out to Cloud. Uh, this is amazing. This, this exchange with, uh, with Senator King and Jeff Sessions. Senator King says, I respect your willingness to be here. You testified a few minutes ago. Uh, I'm not able to invoke executive privilege. That's up to the president. Has the president invoked an executive privilege in the case of your testimony here today? Jeff Sessions says, he has not. King, then what is the basis of your refusal to answer these questions? Sessions, Senator King, the president has a constitutional. King, I understand that, but the president hasn't asserted that. You said you don't have the power to exert executive privilege, so what is the legal basis for your refusal to answer the questions? Sessions, I'm protecting the right of the president to assert it if he chooses, and there may be other privileges that could apply in this circumstance. King, well, I don't understand how you can have it both ways. The president cannot assert it, 
and you've testified that the only that uh, only the president can assert it, and yet I just don't understand the legal basis for your refusal to answer. Sessions, what we try to do, I think most cabinet officials, others that you questioned recently, officials before the committee, protect the president's right to do so. If it comes to a point where the issue is clear and there's a dispute about it, at some point the president will either assert the privilege or not, or or not, or some other privilege would be asserted. This is just madness. This is loony. I've never all, seen. I mean, have you ever seen anything like that? I've no, never seen he's that not, before. He's breaking the law. That's yeah, what he's doing. it's he's contempt of Congress under oath. He's required to answer. And frankly, you know, if the if this were. A Congress that you know that was filled with what were once sane Republicans or independents or Democrats or really anybody but partisan right wing hacks. Yeah. he would have been held in contempt for it. I um, I, I spent four years, Cliff, studying politics in co- five years in, <laughs> in college studying politics. I have never once heard of retroactive executive privilege on something that wasn't or was said earlier in time, uh, except if the president somehow, as I said, has a time machine that he can go back, a, a time traveling DeLorean that he can go back in time and meet up with himself and say, exert executive privilege on this when Jeff Sessions is about to speak and, and Trump of, of the past goes, okay. And then he says, I exert executive privilege. And then Jeff Sessions goes to Congress and says, executive privilege. Oh, okay, fine. I guess you can't answer that question because of executive privilege. That did not happen, and that cannot happen. It is a, it is a paradox. This whole thing is a paradox. But if he, but if he was, if he did have that time machine, <laughs> he would probably have said things like, "Maybe you should start working out now." For example, and, maybe and, you uh, shouldn't collude with Russia. Uh, don't Trump. collude with Russia. Trump Twitter, of the past, yeah. possibly not a great idea <laughs> right. uh, as a way to communicate. You know, those kinds of things. <laughs> so we have this story by the Washington Post, New York Times, Wall Street Journal. Again, each with their own independent sources confirming the same thing, that an obstruction of justice investigation is taking place under the auspices of uh, Robert Mueller, uh, the special counsel. And that, by the way, obstruction of justice is a felony. Um, so... Instead of saying, no, that's fake news, there is no obstruction of justice investigation, blah, 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 Trump went ahead and accidentally confirmed the story by tweeting, they made up a phony collusion with the Russia story, found zero proof. Jesus Christ, this guy. They found zero. zero proof, so now they go for obstruction of justice on the phony story. Nice. Nice. He just, he just confirmed that the story is true. I like... You done it again. <laughs> Every other lawyer besides like this Kasowitz guy who like used to, yeah. used to sell used Chevy Suburbans, I think. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, oh I, my I, god, how slimy is he, Cliff? Oh my god, he's like a <laughs> slick trail. A Jamaican bobsled team could have rode on him and won the, the medal that way. Um yeah, he, he he he's the only one. All the rest of them are like, we're not working for this guy. They just yeah. know that whatever they tell him, he'll just confirm everything on, on Twitter. Anyway. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, what a... What an idiot. This yeah. is just such a train wreck. And I'm, you know what? I mean, going back to your original point that uh, we're so glad that this, these despots are so incompetent that we, we're actually able to spot all of this stuff just coming down Main Street. We can see it coming from a mile away. Uh, because if this had been someone like Ted Cruz... I think this would have been handled in a much more competent way. None of this would have been telegraphed so obviously. But because it's Donald Trump, it's like, he, yeah, sure, he's lying. And sure, he colluded with Russia. And sure, he's admitting it. <laughs> he's admitting all of it. It's obstruction right. of justice. All of it. Everything is so obvious. I ordered the code red. 
mean, that's essentially what he does. Yeah, he, yeah. He challenges manhood. I mean, know, again, but, but, the, I mean, the most yeah. amazing thing I've ever heard him say is the leaks are real, but the reporting is fake. I mean, I cannot believe that he continues to walk into his own propeller. I mean, it's just, it is amazing. It is like, it's like that scene from Raiders of the Lost Ark where they're fighting oh, okay. around that plane yeah. and it's spinning around and the propellers are going, but there's only one I guy. About and that scene, seriously, that when you said that, it comes to mind immediately. But it's only the big bald guy punching himself and then backing his own self into the propeller. Yeah, there's no right. Indiana Jones in the scene. <laughs> you know, he's pushing him toward it. And look the other way and uh, not be chopped. Until. Yeah little bits so what do you think on this one too cliff uh the senate has now voted 97 to 2 as i said for new sanctions on russia uh do you think the president will we talked about this earlier though i mean do you think the president though will sign this legislation or will he veto it i don't know i mean it's it's fascinating i mean it's so overwhelming if any republicans had sort of gotten his back on that yeah you know uh, maybe he he maybe he would have felt like he could veto it. I feel like he almost is going to feel like he has to sign it. But then my guess is, if he does, he'll try to find ways to get around it, and we'll end up getting in trouble for that too, and go to yeah. prison for an even longer sentence. Well, obviously, it's uh, I mean they can override the veto. They have enough vo- votes to be able to do that. Uh, right, so but it doesn't no matter. Vetoing it would just be a symbolic matter. Yeah, so. of course, it would be completely symbolic. It would be you know I I I am I was placed here to in part to defend Russia, so I'm not going to sign this legislation. I don't you think know, he's going to sign your it. Handler, you know. I'll be amazed if he signs it, and I think the only reason he would sign it is if Vladimir Putin gives him permission to do so. Which I think he probably will. Yeah, I, I think he'll sign it. I guess what conclusion I'm kind of thinking about is he probably will because there's no. There's, it serves them in no way whatsoever to not sign it because it'd just be symbolic and it would just make him look more guilty and, and it'll end up going into effect anyhow. Yep. If yep. they were smart, and the one thing that Putin, unlike Trump seems, is actually relatively smart, they would have him do that and then you know hopefully that gives him cover to, to pull off other things for them. Right, right. Or he could, uh, I don't know, refuse to enforce the sanctions or something like that. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what... i got to ask you something, Bob, if I'm allowed sure, to do that sure. on the show. Okay. I- I've seen people with theories on this, some smart people, and I think I've been convinced at this point that uh, Michael Flynn was actually turned and was had, was it was an actual Russian spy after he was fire, fired from the DNI. I don't have proof. I have what I've read by some smart people out there. You think there's any other folks like that who literally aren't just being incompetent, aren't just trading for you know immediate benefit of winning an election or whatever? Do you think there are folks that actually were turned? I think there are more than we can possibly imagine. I, I think when we find out who's been uh, compromised by the Russians, it's going to be a long, long list. I mean, we read uh, there was a story in Bloomberg the other day. 2,300 American officials have been targeted for compromising information by the Russians. 2,300 in New York and Washington alone. So we're talking about politicians. We're talking about media figures who, who you know, they're, I guess what the story, how the story went is that they're turning on uh, cameras and microphones to spy on people. <laughs> That's what the Russians are doing, which is uh, is something we learned about the capability of, of, of being able to do something like that. Uh, we discovered that during the Snowden uh, revelations. There was a couple of things. There was one called g- Gumfish. At and, this point, well, I, I don't know if that? it's. I mean, I you know, I I still have talked about this a little bit that I do think that uh, Snowden being a useful idiot uh, was quite helpful to Putin in terms of yep. because I mean we had uh, it almost feels like that was the beginning. Yeah, exactly. That was the start of it, and I think part of the capabilities that. 
that Putin was able to put together uh, as far as active measures go to attack uh, American politicians, to attack the election. I think a lot of that information was gathered from Edward Snowden and maybe not necessarily because Edward Snowden handed it to them necessarily. But I do think, I mean, there were reports that came out in 2015 that said that, yeah, yeah, British intelligence discovered that uh, uh, both Russia and China got their hands on Snowden's documents. They were able to either infiltrate his uh, laptops or the laptops owned by or computers owned by uh, uh, Glenn Greenwald or Laura Poitras or any of the people who had Snowden documents at the time. That information was uh, was attacked, infiltrated and then gathered up by by both Russia and China. So it's possible, uh, you know, that they have that information that they know about how to turn on microphones and cameras or or they just figured it out themselves. I mean, that's possible, too. But I do think it helped their endeavor to have this useful idiot, Edward Snowden, in their keep in Moscow where they can access uh, information. They can access uh, God only knows what. But I mean, I think there is a link between these two things. And again, I don't have any confirming evidence whatsoever. Just speculating. Yeah. And, but I think you're going to find exactly, you're right, it's not just political officials, you're going to find media figures and others, too. Yeah, media figures. Maybe you should be official. offended. Nobody's tried to turn me. Nobody's <laughs> offered me money from Russia. I'm not important enough. Yeah, I mean, we have to really wonder how much they've got on the Republican Party, too, because Donald Trump keeps talking about how they weren't able to infiltrate the RNC, but they actually were. They, were, they got into the RNC. It wasn't as extensive as the hack on the DNC, but I think they've got enough information to, at least through that hack alone to uh, hold the Republican Party hostage. And that's why we see a a Republican Party that today is uh, basically ignoring a major attack by Russia on the United States when, in fact, just in 2009, eight years ago, the Republicans were freaking out over the fact that there were policy advisors known as czars in the White House. Right. This was a, a term that was made up by the press to reference policy advisors that presidents going back to, God, going back to FDR, have been referred to uh, in the press as being czars. They, they, right. they control it certain issues. Nothing to do with the Russian czar. It was a nickname, but that was enough for Glenn Beck. Yeah, exactly. It, it, right. That's exactly right. And so the entire Republican Party was leaning on the, uh, the McCarthy switch when it came to czars, when in fact it was just a nickname given to uh, policy advisors by the press. And then today they just, they just don't care. And neither does Trump. They don't care. They don't believe it's true that Russia actually attacked us. Or if they do, they're just downplaying it for political purposes, which I think is the most sensible explanation. Uh, Cliff, can you stick around for the postmortem show? Another five, ten minutes uh, of our uh, material for our subscribers at patreon.com slash Bob and Chess. That sounds like a good idea to me. All right. Well, that's coming up next. Go to patreon.com slash Bob and Chess. Sign up at the $5 level to get the postmortem shows. That's two per week. But we're really asking everybody to just sign up at the $1 level. It's a basic, basic subscription. You don't get anything fancy with it, but you do get to rest assured knowing that you've supported independent media. It's just $1 a month, $12 a year to support the show. If everyone listening to the show right now did that, I wouldn't have to ask for Patreon donations anymore. We'd be totally set. Set for life. So go now, patreon.com slash Bob and Ches, or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. And thank you in advance for doing that. Post-mortem show up next. And uh, we'll see you on Friday. See you on the after party, folks. Bye-bye.